Hello, and welcome to Bridgeford Trust Company's Delivering Direction and Control podcast series. Our podcast series is designed to educate, challenge, and inspire listeners while keeping you updated on developments regarding modern trust law and powerful planning opportunities available, all in an effort to deliver direction and control to clients and their advisors. Hello, everybody. This is David Warren, co-founder of Bridgeford Trust Company, uh, with another uh, installment of our podcast series. Uh, very excited today uh, about uh, the guest that we've been able to to convince to join us. Uh, since the moment I met her over lunch with a mutual friend, Christina Lawrence, uh, I was really enthusiastic about uh, the work that Tina does and and uh, her place in the in the overall financial planning and, and wealth planning industry. Um, and for this reason, um, when we launched Bridgeford many years ago, I uh, and my partners and, and I really developed a passion around what some people refer to as sort of the touchy-feely side of, um, of, of estate planning. Um, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way, and Tina will talk more about that. But, you know, there's sort of the, the hard planning, and then there's the, the soft side of, of the planning process that, that I always thought was wildly overlooked. Uh, and neglected. And uh, before starting Bridgeford, I was uh, lucky enough to be at Bank of New York Mellon and got to know Tom Rogerson very well, who really sort of lit my fire about that and, and various books that I read. And, and I really would lead a lot of that discussion when I was at Bank of New York Mellon. So then, you know, fast forward uh, to, to what Bridgeford has become. We, we don't do any of that work in-house, although I'm so passionate about it. And uh, uh, which is why the introduction to Tina was just so incredible. So a little bit about Tina, uh, and then I'd love to to get into some questions because what Tina does is is extremely um, fascinating, and uh, and I really am excited to tell you tell you all about it. Um, interestingly, uh, a lot of the work that Tina does, she draws from her background in opera. Uh, and I, I was trying to convince her before we began to, to sing a bit, but she said I had to join her, so which means there'll be no singing on this podcast. Of <laughs> uh, but she's a prolific writer um, and has been working in this idea of language-centric lens through which to uh, to work with families, and I, I definitely want Tina to, to describe that some more. A co-author of a, of a great article called The Business of Family, uh, so spoken around the country as a panelist and co-presenter, um, in particular in Chicago at the Family Meridian Advocate Summit, Southwest Family Office Forum in Atlanta, and, um, and it's just a, just a prolific member of this community doing work that, again, I think is is way undervalued, perhaps, uh, in some some degrees, uh, and certainly overlooked, uh, and it's just, just a tremendous need. So, Tina Lovejoy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, David. It's great to be here. So since we're going to not sing, uh, how about we talk about uh, your um, your background? How did you, when did you become so passionate about what I've referred to, and you can correct me, as sort of the touchy-feely side of, of, of the financial services industry? Sure. Well, one of the first questions clients ask me is, how did you get into the work that you do, right? Facilitating sessions for families and training advisory teams uh, in this type of work. And uh, my first career was, as you mentioned, an opera singer. And so people are curious about how that led to uh, the qualitative side of estate planning, as I like to call it. Um, and I really say mm-hmm. that my through line is words. It's language. It's looking how people utilize language in their own lives, in their families, in their businesses, um, because how we define those things is a really clear indicator of how we enact those, how we live into those. So 
Um, in opera, you learn how to do word-for-word translations, and you look at language and context. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I have a, a writing background as well. And so taking that language and context, I utilize that same concept, that same process with families. How do they utilize language and context? How do they define their values, their vision, their mission, and get really specific on that? Well, let's talk about something I think very, very exciting before we get into sort of your approach, which I think is is fascinating. But you recently launched your own company called Framework Facilitation. Uh, please tell us about that. Yeah. So I had been doing this type of work, this family facilitation and building out client process for about six years prior. And it was time to go out on my own to partner with trust companies such as yourself, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. family offices, advisory firms around the nation with uh, with clients who have a number of needs. Um, and those are the needs I, I love to serve. So it's conversations about uh, estate planning. It can be conversations about inheritance. A lot of times families will want to talk about just they say, you know, we haven't even mentioned to our kids that we have any amount of financial planning. Mm-hmm. We don't know mm-hmm. how to step into this. And a lot of clients come in with a very all or nothing mindset, either, okay, if I talk about this with my kids or my spouse or my extended family, then I have to share everything and I'm not ready to share everything. So I'm going to say nothing, right? That's a mm-hmm. very all or nothing perspective. And so what clients come to me for help with is how do we step into this in a way that's conducive to where our family is today, to the readiness of our kids, the readiness of sometimes our extended family. Uh, And those are the conversations we have. And we work uh, within a very efficient process. Again, Mm -hmm. through frameworks, through my business, I've built out uh, three separate modules where we work through process in a very uh, holistic way, but also a very efficient way because people are busy. (laughs) Um, Right. And so they come in and we do a really quick intake, like an an hour long intake and really say, where's your family at? What have you discussed? What would you like to step into? And again, based on their comfort level, because in the financial services industry, there are a lot of quote unquote best practices for families, Mm -hmm. but that family, they know where they're at today. They, They know that better than anyone else, right? No outside voice or source can say, here's where this family is at. That family is the only one living it out day to day with one another. So Mm -hmm. getting a sense of where they are, discovering that together and saying, how do we step into this? And and we do that through through playing some games, lighthearted sessions. Yeah, let's talk about that. You and I spoke a little bit over lunch and and, um, I was just looking at your mission, which I love, which, which is to help clients and their families have meaningful wealth transfer conversations through engaging experiences. So talk to me about the engaging experiences or the games a little bit, because um, I've not heard that approach before. So so if you don't mind, I, I'd love to hear more about it. Sure. And there are a number of different solutions in the marketplace, right, in the family dynamics space, a lot of different core values, card games, many, many out there. And there's benefit to all of them. I, Because I've worked with over 1,500 high net worth clients and their wow. family members over the past few years, Um, I've seen uh, patterns in terms of what works and what could be improved upon. And so when I went out on my own with frameworks, I really built to that. What could be bettered in that process? Um, So I 
you, I do utilize a, a core values game that I've developed, but I look at values within context of one another. So it's not just siloed values or isolated values. That's not how we live, right? We are not mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. compartmentalized as people, right? Um, when we go to work, we're bringing our whole selves with us. Um, even even if our businesses aren't necessarily conducive to that, we bring our, our inner worlds with us and families do the same. So it's really important to look at values and context and then why values because that's how people are going to live out their planning, their financial planning, their estate plan, their trust. Um, and again, for, for families who are looking at strengthening their trust or maybe developing a trust for the first time, this type of work is v- very specifically builds out and strengthens their purpose of trust, right? That initial part of the document. I don't get into the legal mm-hmm. side of things or any of the structural, but a lot of clients will say, uh, after, after our work is done together, I'll put together a summary for them and they take that language verbatim and put it directly into their purpose of trust. That way their trustees mm-hmm. and their beneficiaries have that available to look at and to be able to translate the wishes of, of the benefactors. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I was going to ask you about how that translates. I mean, for, for folks to be able to determine their values, it sounds like an easy sentence, right? To say, let's determine your values. But I would imagine it's not always so easy for families to maybe come to consensus, maybe on what (laughs) what their family values are. Uh, Talk to me about that. Well, exactly. You look at it and go, it's it's hard enough to come to consensus on what we all want to have for dinner, right? (laughs) And uh, I, I jokingly say to clients, but it's also true. I say, you know, I can sit in a room alone with myself and have an argument with myself. I don't agree with myself on everything. So if you put someone else in the room, there's a high likelihood or possibility for conflict at some point. And it's the same in families, right? We're sharing Mm -hmm. experiences together. We have shared history together. There's going to be conflict. So let's not be surprised when there's conflict, but how do we deal with it? And part of the way of diffusing that and coming to any sort of consensus or a sense of cohesion is to say, Okay, there's going to be on there will be ongoing inherent differences in how we interact from here till kingdom come, right? It's that's mm-hmm. life. But what are the few things that we can say, yeah, we can agree on these and we actually have some shared buy-in on these few things and and let's look at how we live into those together. Um and so it's it's fascinating because families whether they have great communication or whether they're really struggling, right? I've worked with people ac- across that spectrum. Um, some families mm-hmm. I've sat with, one family in particular, I think they hadn't been in the room together, same room together for over 15 years. There was so uh-huh. much pain and struggle and bad blood between them. They came together. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to solve everything in a three or four hour session. But uh, my, my tagline for my business is little shifts or big wins. And um, and it's, <laughs> yes, and it's true for families. And that's what I aim at. How can we hear each other a little bit differently? How can they uh, share a little bit of context that maybe the other family members didn't know? Then when we get a little bit of new information, we understand differently that context shifts how we hear each other. And I say, once mm-hmm. we have context, then it lessens confusion and you step further away from contempt, Right. If you stay and you linger in confusion and a vacuum of information, which happens in a lot of families surrounding their planning, 
They're in this vacuum of information. It creates confusion. And then inevitably, there's a slow slide into contempt. And they wonder, how did we get here? Why is our communication mm-hmm. this way? And, um, and it's usually because, right, painting with broad strokes here, but it's usually because there's a vacuum of information. And so we just step into that, again, through gameplay, keeping it hopefully lighthearted, fun, enjoyable on a good day, right? Not a day when everyone's in the throes of grief, but on a day when, hey, let's get together and chat about this and see what we can agree upon. So I, I've been thinking of you often. I, I'm a big fan of the show uh, Succession. Have you watched that show? <laughs> yes. And I just want to say from a music perspective, it's the best theme song ever. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. It absolutely, I, I watched the show just to watch the beginning. No, that show is, is it, it pretty much you know, in, encapsulates all that can go wrong in family dynamics. And, uh, and I, you know, seriously, since I met you, I've been in the final season. And uh, I will, for those of you watching, I won't spoil anything, but, uh, but it is profound when communication breaks down or never existed, when you have a strong patriarch, which is very common, as you well know, across the country where, you know, patriarch doesn't want to step down or, or maybe he's not even, he or she's not even wired to step down. And so these conversations are hard. And, and I just, I just wondered if maybe you consulted on the creation of the show to, to point out all the things that could go <laughs> wrong. Are you a, a ghostwriter or something sharing your oh, worst yeah. experiences? I will, I will say I second the fact that their writing is amazing. And um, mm-hmm. I've watched, I have not watched it all the way through. I've watched an episode here and there when I've been flying and traveling. And mm-hmm. the writers so captured the dynamic within families, the, the personalities, the, uh, I, I would like to call it or often call it within families, sort of the cold war that goes on within family yeah. systems of there's so many things boiling under the surface. Um, but there's a cold war on the outside and until it erupts. Right. Um, and I think, sure. and it gets exacerbated within family businesses, right? Because you put family together and then you put money and then you put business, which involves oftentimes, right. If the, if the, let's say the founder is the parent, right. If, if it's, first generation or second generation business, founding a business, there's a lot of our own personal identity that goes into it, right? I know that currently as a founder, I'm sure you have Mm -hmm. your own story along with that or context along with that as a, as a co-founder and founding something is a birthing process. There's a lot of heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. And so handing that off to the next generation or to a successor involves a whole lot of letting go a whole lot of reconsidering who am I? And so, yeah. So, I mean, to reference that show, but also a lot of founders that I've sat with talking about values, a big part of Mm -hmm. them saying, okay, I'm finally ready to step away. Um, A big part of that is them saying, what am I stepping into? Because if we don't know what we're stepping into next, it's really hard to let go of where we currently are or where we were. And so a lot of times that's the unspoken dynamic or what's swirling underneath the surface, um, right? Other pieces have to be in place, right? There needs to be some great structure. You need to choose uh, a a very um, capable successor, right? Those things have to be in place. Um, And I I take business owners actually through a module talking about that. I call it the four C's of what are the things that need to be in place from the, the founders or owner's perspective to be ready just to move on. But yes, succession to that point is, um, 
there's so many factors at play. And I think if anything else, it's it, they sum it up well in terms of family business is not easy. Well, and I, I think and then we could stop talking about succession, I guess, but I could talk about it one day. <laughs> I think the thing, though, that fascinates me, because, because I've seen it um, firsthand uh, and, uh, when I was I continue to work with large families, but not as intimately as you do now. And I think the, the, what the show really underscores is the distru- distrust and how destructive distrust is can be uh, on, in the next generation. And, and I, I think that, you know, it, it continues to play out, you know, season over season. I mean, nobody trusts each other. Nobody trusts the patriarch. Uh, patriarch doesn't trust the kids. And and I guess that's a, a, probably a good starting block maybe from for your work. I mean, how, I guess, in addition to values, you know, how do you get people to start trusting each other um, in your sessions? Because I would imagine you run into situations where people just do not trust each other or, or question each other's motives or so on. So how, how do you, how do you address that? Absolutely. Well, first of all, statistically that's supported as well. So there's a, there's a fascinating study that, um, was done on asking families two questions when it comes to wealth transfer. One is what do you think will bite you in your planning, right? What do you think if this isn't in place, this is the thing that's really going to come back to, to hurt us. And then the second question was, um, what actually did bite you? So for that first question, what, what do you think will bite you in your fa- in your planning? 93% of respondents said, oh, it's the structure. If we don't have the legal structure, financial structure in place, that's going to be the biggest issue. Only 7% thought it had anything to do with family communication. And then mm-hmm. that second question, when they came back and said, what actually bit you? The statistic nearly flipped. 97% of families or respondents in that high net worth space said, oh, actually, the very thing we thought was going to be fine and no big deal, that was what hurt us. It was lack of communication and trust in the family and unprepared errors. And only 3% said, oh, what really hurt us was lack of structure. So 97% of families right now are saying what we really need help with statistically, what we really need help with is better communication and better trust. And so to answer your question, Right. That looks different for every group. Right. It looks different for every relationship. But what I see is communication within context. And the reason I say within context is a lot of solutions in this space, in this ever growing space, say, oh, let's get together and talk and open up. And the key often overused word, let's be vulnerable together. Right. And it sounds very overly idealistic. And I think it is because if families don't inherit, if family members don't inherently trust each other, sitting around and saying, let's just open up and reveal our deepest wounds. I don't think that's a great idea. (laughs) I think it's too much too soon. And that's what I've seen with clients. And so Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. I utilize as trust builders, and I say this with every client that I sit with, you can share as much or as little as you want. You do not have to come in here and read a page from your journal. That's not what this is about. And a lot of times when there's pushback from the next gen, that's their biggest fear. It's, am I going to be forced to overshare? Or second, and a close second is, are there strings attached? If I openly share, am I going to lose my inheritance? Is this going to hurt me financially, right? And so even with that, it's high stakes because it's these conversations where they know, okay, the end goal is to strengthen the planning. What's this going to do to me? Uh, so building trust, first of all, you know, if, if, if family members are listening to this, if your clients or advisors who work with clients, whoever it is who's listening, 
a great rule of thumb is give that person, whether it's the client, whether it's the child, whoever it is, give them the right and give them the freedom and permission to say, no, no, I don't want to talk about this. Or no, I don't want to answer that question. Or I don't feel comfortable talking about that yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And when, when someone's no is respected in that, that's a trust builder right there. That builds trust when they don't get pushback or shame or a litany of reasons why they should be opening up. And someone just says, okay, I respect where you're at right there. Boom. Trust builder. So it makes makes perfect sense to me. mm -hmm. So that's one thing I talk to parents a lot about is that pushback from the next gen. A lot of times parents, again, there's a vacuum of information. The kids don't know what's going on. The statistically, the number one reason, and I say kids, whether it's teens, late teens, twenties, thirties, forties, and on that next Mm -hmm. gen, the number one reason they don't come to parents to ask, Hey, what's, what's going on with the planning? I, I kind of need to know in terms of how I organize my own life, like what's going on. The number one reason they don't come and ask parents that is they're afraid of appearing greedy. They, they Mm. don't know how to voice it. So, so that it interesting. mm -hmm. And so they don't say anything. And then again, the parents, a lot of parents are in this all or nothing. Well, we're not ready to share yet. So no, it goes back to no one's talking. And so the kids are confused. They may pull back from that. And a lot of times Parents will look at that and say, well, see, they're, they're smug or they're shut down. So it means dot, 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 they are entitled. That's the word that comes up. Oh, my kid's doing this. It means they're entitled. And it's sort of an all-purpose mm-hmm. label that's put on these kids. Sometimes, sometimes it is, but more often than not, it is a really confused kid or young adult going, I don't know the lay of the land here. Will, will someone will someone tell me what's going on? I, I don't even know. I, I, I don't know what I'm stepping into. I don't know what I'm sure. supposed to do here. I don't know my responsibilities. So that pushback, again, I encourage parents, when you get that pushback from kids, and I know it's not fun, but to say, hey, I respect your no, or let's chat about this, right? And if you get more pushback, be that strong wall, um, within reason, right? If it's disrespectful, there's a time to go, Hey, <laughs> but mm-hmm. be that strong wall to say, I respect your no, that, that shifts the relational components. Sure. Well, and it's a great, I guess, place, maybe it's a springboard from into the three modules. You mentioned them earlier. Um, maybe could you give our listeners a, a brief description of maybe how the modules, well, how you, how and why you built the modules the way you did. Maybe that's a sure. better way about it because it's, it's very intriguing to me. Sure, sure. So I'd been, again, over the past six years, mainly working within or primarily working within the value space with clients. And I still think that's an important uh, conversation, which is why the first module is core values uh, with a little different twist to it. Um, that's really getting into the why, right? Why do I live the way I live? And it's also about how I define success, right? If, if I live into these values, then I feel like a success, right? And that's going to look different for every family member. And then combined, mm-hmm. it's going to look different for every family. So get really clear on what's my own version of success? What's my own version of, oh, yes, this, this is really living. When I have these components, this is really life. So that's one. And the benefit from that is it carves out differentiation between family members, right? I don't have to be you, dad, and Dad, don't expect me to be you because I'm going to do it differently. Or mom, I'm not you. 
I'm me and we're different. And here's how, here's what I care about. Right. So everyone gets their own space carved out. Um, again, it gives context for family members and then they can say, okay, based on these, here's how we make decisions together as a family. Here's what we'd like to step into. And so the second part, second module is uh, motto and mission. So we take the values mm-hmm. that they worked through and say, okay, let's, let's get a little more granular. How do you want to step into that? How does that look day to day, right? If you have a closely held business or how does that look within your family foundation or how does that look within your donor advised fund or just day to day within your family? How does that look? Mm-hmm. How, how are we mm-hmm. going to step into that? And then the third module is uh, looking at roles um, or goals specifically within closely held or family businesses, but not only, but primarily it's a tool for that. What are, what are the roles? How are, how are individuals within the family stepping into that family business or family enterprise? And the reason that's so important is I've seen a lot of families get very stuck in the business role. And then it translates into how they're interacting as family members. And to say, you have the right to wear many, many roles, right? You can be CEO and you can also be dad and you can also be um, author and you can also be whatever it may be, right? And, Mm -hmm. And what role would you like to grow into within this family entity or this family enterprise? Um, because a lot of times, and I've seen this, and the reason I built this out was sitting with so many families where grown children would say something like this, well, I'm not CEO material, so I guess I have nothing to offer here. Or Mm. my family just views me as the creative outlier, so I really have nothing to contribute, and that's why I stay quiet. And so looking at, wait, actually there are an abundance of rules, and we're in a really new and shifting marketplace where those skill sets and those giftings are needed. How would you like to step into this? Well, it's fascinating and, and incredibly thoughtful. I mean, and, and very intuitive. I mean, I, I could I could see why you're so good at what you do um, because you clearly have, have have a passion around it. But you're also um, you've you've thought through the steps in such a such a detailed way. And uh, I love that you took us took us through this. You know, there's something I noticed on your website relational dynamics that I thought was really interesting. Can you, what, what do you mean by relational dynamics? Sure. I, I like to say it's the story beneath the story of a family's mm-hmm. financial or estate planning. It's all of these unspoken conversations going on beneath the surface, right? It's the, it's the heartbeat of their planning. And so these, again, there are a lot of different solutions. These three modules I've, specifically crafted to get into those types of conversations, again, in a way that's encouraging, in a way that's going to help move them forward a little bit, right? That little shift. And in a way that really respects and honors where that family is today. It's not saying, hey, you should be over here or you should do it this way. None of those shoulds. It's just saying, where are you today? And let's take a look at what is working within this family. Because even families that come in with conflict they've got some strengths. They've got some things that are really working. And if they can focus on those together, it's amazing how their perspective can shift. Um, and it, it really, it's looking at, um, you know, there's a study done that talked about how do people connect or uh, come closer together. And there are two main ways. There's something called task cohesion, where they come mm-hmm. together around a project and then there's social cohesion, right? Let's everybody all, all get along. And a lot of times in families, 
will inadvertently push that social cohesion. Come on, we have to get along. We have to agree. We have to. Some families, it, that hasn't worked for them. And so this type of activity says, let's shift that, right? That relational dynamic is there. Let's shift the way we look at this and let's look at some task cohesion together. What would you like all, to, to all focus on together? Um, it shifts it. It brings some fresh air into the room. And mm-hmm. then families, again, can, can take that next right step. No, it makes amazing sense to me. And again, I, I love how thoughtful you've been on all of this. And as we began, you know, this um, I've always been so passionate about these conversations. I don't think um, they're happening enough. So I really applaud you for the work you're doing and the, and the, the need that you're filling uh, for these families, lar- large and small. I mean, you know, family dynamics are challenging no matter how, how wealthy the family is. So I think that, um, again, what you're doing is, is amazing work. Um, so, Tina Lovejoy, thanks again for joining us. Um, I, I'm going to be a big fan of you and your new company uh, as you continue to grow. I know we're going to hopefully do some great joint work together, maybe in Newport Beach and across the country, because the overlap is undeniable. And I think you have the ability to add tremendous value to uh, to the families we work with. Um, so, uh, for those of you who uh, who want to contact. Tina, and I highly encourage you to do so. Um, her company is called Framework Facilitation. Um, she brings a breadth of unbelievable knowledge and, and a fresh perspective uh, to the conversation. Um, and uh, Tina, one more offer for you to sing a solo before we let you go. Is there any, any, <laughs> anything you want to anything you want to do oh, before we man. say goodbye? You know what? I won't. That's a great offer, David. I I won't sing right now, but I will say um, we can all go along with a proverbial song in our heart today. How about that? (laughs) Oh, a perfect way to end. Again, Tina, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You're a pleasure to, uh, to talk with and I look forward to doing great work together. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to Bridgeford Trust Company's Delivering Direction and Control podcast series. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to keep posted on when new episodes are added. And for more information, you can visit us online at bridgefordtrust.com.